0: your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the talk.
1: The Tom Dupree show, now you me where you want me. and that's from the band alive, Big Pink. Well,
2: I guess it is. No, it's um from the Last Waltz.
1: Last Waltz, yeah. So the we, movie.
2: like I was telling you, we we usually do it around Thanksgiving, uh, and since we weren't around last weekend, I figured right now we need to play the Last Waltz. Right. So uh, we'll we'll celebrate one of the greatest concert films I've ever witnessed
1: well that means it must be the best one because you've no, probably seen about all of them
2: <laughs> it, it, it's right up there with uh, woodstock and mad dogs and englishmen yeah so and it's it, everybody played on this it was the band's fair, farewell performance and so next two hours we're going to highlight some
1: of those all right great okay here's our bible reading for the day this is from hebrews the first chapter of, of the book of hebrews King James Version, New King James Version. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they the the son is exalted the father the son of god is exalted above the angels For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels, spirits, and ministers a flame of fire? But to the son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years ears will not fail. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? This is uh, talking about how the Son of God is higher than the angels and angelic beings and is more noble than, and to be worshiped above any other created being like an angel or a man or uh some other some other life form so uh that's hebrews chapter 1 i want to read a few things today um get into some some different things here uh as we discuss just things going on in the news and uh, things that have been written, we we just evidently uh, overnight uh, just lost George W. Bush or George uh, the the father George Bush H. W. Bush. He was in his nineties. Um, so. Uh, rest in peace mr bush and i don't have any other information other than the fact that he has passed away um, george h w bush first president of the united or forty first president of the united states dies at ninety four George H.W. Bush, the 41st president of the United States and father of the 43rd, was a steadfast force on the international stage for decades. He was a veteran of World War II, to, last veteran of World War II to serve as president, consummate public servant and statesman who helped guide the nation in the war world out of a four-decade Cold War that carried the threat of nuclear annihilation. His death at 94 on November 30th also marked the passing of an era. So, Bush has just passed away. This is from Charles Krauthammer, The Enduring Miracle of the American Constitution. Uh, on October 1981, when President and where Sadat was assassinated. The networks ran over to Cairo and began covering events all day and night. The only thing I remember of all that coverage was a news anchor bringing in a Middle East expert and saying, we've just looked at the Egyptian constitution and our researchers tell us that the next in line is the uh, speaker of the parliament. The Middle East expert burst out and laughing. Nobody in Egypt has read the constitution in 30 years No one knows it exists, and no one cares what's in it. Then he prompted, who's the leader of the military? The anchor answered Hosni Mubarak, and the expert said, he's your next president. Two things struck me about that. First, how naive we are about what constitutions are and what they mean around the world. And the second thing, the reason for the first, is how much reverence we have in the United States for this document. Many things are miraculous about the U.S. Constitution. The first is that somehow on this edge of the civilized world two and a half centuries ago, there could have been a collection of such political geniuses as to have actually written it. The second miracle is the substance of it, the way that the founders drawing from Locke and Montesquieu and the Greeks created an extraordinarily political apparatus that to this day still works and has worked with incredible success for nearly a quarter of a millennium. But the third miracle, and the one that I think we appreciate the least, is the fact of the reverence we have for it. This reverence is so deeply ingrained that we don't even see it. We just think it's in the air that we breathe. But it is extraordinarily rare. It exists in only a handful of countries. For almost all of the world, the idea of rever- of having reverence for a constitution it's completely alien, think about that for a minute. You know we have this reverence for constitutional law, and yet many places in the world it's considered alien it's not something that uh they first think of. Consider the oath of office we take for granted. Whenever we bestow upon anyone the authority to wield the power of the state over free citizens, we make them swear to protect not the people, not the nation or the flag, but the Constitution of the United States. A piece of paper, of course, it stands for the pillars of the American experiment itself the ideas, the structures, the philosophy. That define a limited government with enumerated powers whose mission is to preserve liberty and, and individual rights. This is, uh, I'm reading from Charles Krauthammer's new book called The Point of It All. Al. Of course, Kra- Krauthammer passed away earlier this year. This is a gift that we intrinsically have, this sense of reverence for the Constitution, and it's important to remember that it is a gift from the past. It's not something that we can in any way credit to ourselves. If anything, recent generations have allowed that kind of reverence to diminish, to bleed away over the decades as we try, as it were, to adapt constitutionalism to modernity. So that's some of Crowdhammer's writing um, about the Constitution and the case to be made for it. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP.
0: Stormy Daniels, March 2018, Kim Jong-un, Rex Tillerson, Rising Wage Growth, Stephen Hawking, 2019, we are the change, happens here. Zuckerberg, testified before Congress. News Radio 630 WLAP.
1: At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859-233-0400. And we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 and dupreefinancial.com.
0: 630 WLAP. a place where i can lay my head mister can you tell me where a man might find a bed he just screamed and shook my hand no was on the time free show
1: Lord, best case play. scenario what the trump g dinner could yield in case you hadn't been following it donald trump's in buenos aires and he's uh Expected to have dinner with the Chinese president tonight, with Xi Jinping. Jinping. Whatever happens in Buenos Aires when President Trump and China's Xi Jinping dine tonight, the trade wars are set to be with us well into 2019 and possibly beyond. There's a good reason talk swirls about the world slipping into a new Cold War. Power politics are alive and well, and the issues between the world's two largest economies are too complex and long-standing to be solved in a few hours. That doesn't mean a ceasefire isn't possible. China's worsening economy adds pressure on Xi, on G heading into the G20, and based on what conversations with on conversations with uh, officials on both sides. An analyst familiar with the discussion, this is what a best-case scenario looks like. So, you know, we've had these tariffs that have been applied to Chinese goods by the Trump administration because of belief that uh, China is not playing fair. And so, uh, you know, that they're beginning to bite on both sides of the water. Uh, They're beginning to affect our economy as China has put retaliatory tariffs on certain of our goods, especially agricultural goods. Um, Trump has, in his 22 months in office, succeeded in disrupting the globe's most important economic partnership and befuddling Chinese officials. Yet Chinese officials privately say they have learned that Trump reflects more than a passing phase in the relationship. They are right. In Washington, there is a rare consensus among both Democrats and Republicans, as well as current and former national security and economic policymakers, that China has become a bad actor and it needs to be confronted. But on both sides of the Pacific, concerns also remain about the consequences of an all-out economic war as reflected in nervy financial markets. Both the U.S. and China must therefore have reason to seek out at least a pause in the conflict. Chinese officials say their top priority is finding a way to stabilize the relationship and drawing the U.S. back into sort of structured dialogue that allowed both sides to manage past differences. The trump G dinner is the best opportunity to do that. A ceasefire is the first step. Trump's administration has seized on tariffs as a favorite tool. I happen to be a tariff person because I'm a smart person. Okay, the president told the Wall Street Journal this week. He's also d- demonstrated a penchant for truces. See, Trump's somebody that can be dealt with if, if, if you'll just try to deal with him. He likes making deals. When European com- Commission President John Claude Juncker visited the White House in July, he won a break to help fend off EU auto tariffs. Likewise, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe extracted from Trump a moratorium on those same auto tariffs as a condition for entering trade negotiations that, with the UA, as with the EU, are not set to begin in earnest until 2019. That's why many analysts believe the best and most realistic potential of Saturday's dinner will be a ceasefire, featuring a pause in any new tariffs. The Trump administration has imposed duties on $250 billion in imports from China so far. On January 1, the 10% tariff on 200 billion of that total is expected is due to rise to 25%. So one goodwill gesture would be to delay that escalation while talks proceed, a move that would be welcomed by US companies concerned about a trade war. See it becomes goes from just tariffs to a trade war when they're actually the tariffs become so big as to block trade entirely, and this is something nobody wants uh, it's It would shut down trade between China and the United States nearly, and that would be really um tragic. Because they are our largest trading partner, or one of our largest. And, um, you know, we do rely, like it or not, on Chinese-made goods from tools to clothes to all sorts of things. The game that China has played, and they played people in the Bush administration like a violin, is to do the tap dance of economic dialogue, Peter Navarro, one of Trump's most hawkish advisors, said in a November 13 speech in which he mocked even some of the Trump administration's early negotiations with China, including one that yielded a promise to buy more American beef that never delivered. Where's the beef? But if the best result for Trump's dinner with Xi is a ceasefire, the most awkward component is that it would trigger a prolonged conversation that may go nowhere and mark a repeat of the very same pattern that Navarro ridiculed. Any final armistice in the trade wars would thus be difficult to reach. The Trump administration is seeking fundamental changes to Chinese economic policy and an end to things like industrial subsidies via cheap loans and intellectual property theft. That spurred China's economic rise, and it did. They've they've stolen uh, intellectual property and and been a bad actor that way for for many years. So, the effort is to get get them to stop doing that. Which I don't know how you're going to do that when they build their whole economy around those sorts of things. And this is an article by Conrad Block Black called The Anti-Trump Hysteric's Roll On. And he's talking about the um the press and how freaked out they are about Trump and the way that uh that he does things journalists froth as the mueller special counsel investigation rumbles towards its third year contrary to the reasonable hopes and expectations of some that midterm elections would accelerate a normalization of the american political climate nothing nothing of the kind seems to be happening almost no one is saying that much is saying much that is sensible the chief justice john roberts claimed with the straight face that once aboard a federal bench, judges and justices shed any previous political or public policy biases they might have previously had. (laughs) That was a funny thing where uh, Roberts came out and criticized Trump as saying that some uh, judges were Obama judges that were shooting down uh, elements of his... (laughs) Border policy. Big time. Big time. So we'll get into more of this as we go on. And uh, stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's news radio
0: 630 WLAP. The unemployment rate is at a 48 year low. Most people that want to work are working. If you're trying to fill open positions at your business, you'll have to find your next candidate from the currently employed. iHeartMedia can help you spread the word to 92% of the U.S. population. That's right, 92%. Use this radio station to find your next employee driving to or sitting at their current job. You'll have your pick of the most qualified candidates for any position you have available. We can help. Go to iHeartWorks.com. That's iHeartWorks.com.
2: Kroger can help make wellness happen your way. And if you're enrolling in Medicare Part D for 2019, we're here to help make it easier. We offer preferred pharmacy pricing on most major plans, including Healthcare, Aetna, Express Scripts, and Anthem, with copays as low as $0. Plus, Kroger offers you health and nutrition support with all the delicious foods you need. So if you're choosing a new Medicare Part D plan, we've got you covered. Visit your Kroger pharmacy or kroger.com slash Medicare today
0: iHeartRadio wants you to win the ultimate Rolling Stones No Filter Tour fantasy. The Stones have given you everything. You know what they haven't given you? The shirt off their back. iHeartRadio flies you to a stop on the Stones Tour. VIP tickets and all the fixings. Grip and grin with the band. And walk them to the stage. And afterwards, you get the shirt off mix back. Tickets at RollingStones.com and Ticketmaster. To enter to win, just listen to Rolling Stones No Filter Radio on iHeartRadio. Last night, during
3: his political career, the 41st president of the United States also served as vice president, congressman, U.N. ambassador, and CIA director. ABC's Ann Compton covered the Bush White House. For his short four-year presidency, George Bush experienced greater highs and lows than most presidents. After the quick and successful Persian Gulf War against Saddam Hussein...
0: Our military objectives are met.
3: His popularity rose to 90%. But a lingering economic recession at home drove those polls down. And President Bush was defeated for re-election, winning only 37 percent of the vote. Ann Compton, ABC News, the White House. His son Jeb Bush tweeting just moments ago, saying, quote, I already miss the greatest human being that I will ever know. Love you, Dad. President Trump, who's attending the G20 summit in Argentina, issued a statement saying, in part, President George H.W. Bush led a long successful life and beautiful life michelle franz and abc news
0: it is a windy and a wet saturday that's the start of december temperature around 60 doesn't feel the part but those winds are gusting today 40 to 50 miles an hour the occasional showers and thunderstorms sunday looks better 55 to 60 partly sunny and still windy early next week temperatures crash as old man winter brings snow chances back into play I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station news radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeartRadio station. Message and data rates may apply.
3: When did it become okay for men to be lazier, softer, fatter? We need to bring the men of this country back to greatness. And it's easier than ever with Ageless Male Max. A patent-pending formula with an ingredient that helps boost your total testosterone promoting greater increases in muscle size and twice the reduction of body fat percentage than exercise alone, plus an amazing 64% increase in nitric oxide, which can be handy in the gym and in the bedroom. Take your manhood to the max by trying your first 30-day bottle free. Just pay shipping and handling. Not 10 days, not 15 days, but a full 30-day supply free when you text the word BOSS to 797979. Finally, a formula that boosts total testosterone. If your results with Ageless Male Max are too intense, please decrease use. For your free bottle, text BOSS to 797979. Text
0: BOSS to 797979. Alabama, live in concert. Song, song of the South. Friday, December 7th, arena a historic night in Lexington, Kentucky for one night only. Alabama, with Ricky Skaggs, and and the Kentucky Headhunters. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Presented by iHeartRadio. 630 WLAP.
1: Back on the Tom Dupree show. We have John Short on the line. John, you must have not had anything better to do than to call the Tom Dupree show.
4: Is it calling the Tom Dupree show? I saw you went on last Saturday.
1: Yeah, we took Thanksgiving off.
4: I know. I think sometimes if 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 you're off like on on nice to have you feel I wouldn't mind feeling in for you sometime. I wouldn't mind doing it.
1: You want to fill in for me? Why not? Let's see if we can work that out. I'll I'll be here to guide the ship. That'd be great. Yeah.
4: And I'm sorry about George Herbert Walker Bush.
1: Yeah. Well he was ninety four years old, John. He he lived a long life.
4: Yeah. He was a great president too. Now one his campaign when he ran president in nineteen eighty eight, he said he didn't like broccoli.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
4: I remember that, too. And because he, he became president after Reagan. Yeah, A lot of people thought Reagan would pick Gerald Ford for vice president. That's what everybody thought it was going to happen. Right. be vice president all over again, and then out they were surprised that he picked Bush.
1: Yep. I didn't realize they were thinking of picking Ford.
4: Yeah, that's what the media think. People like Tom Brokaw, John Chancellor, and...
1: I don't They're think Ford. Kind
4: of, they I don't, think he's going to pick Gerald Ford.
1: I don't think Ford would want to be vice president right after he'd been president. I
4: don't think so. Either. That's what all the missing media thought they were going to pick Gerald Ford, and they were surprised that Reagan picked Bush. They really were.
1: Yeah. Well, they he ran against Bush for a while in the primaries uh, yeah.
4: and lost in 1976. Reagan
1: did. Yeah, and Bush called uh, Reagan's. Uh, Economic philosophy called it voodoo economics.
4: I remember that too.
1: <clears throat> and then he ends up picking him after they had politics makes strange bedfellows. You know, Ted Cruz and Trump get along now when back in the time during the election, they did not, or prior to the election.
4: I know it. And we had Trump to be reelected. It's not good that the Bolsheviks won the House of Representatives and. In- this year it's not good. They won forty seats. That's pitiful. That's not good.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
4: And and the said that has a slim lead in the Senate It's not good. It Should be a hundred zero. The constitutionalists hundred zero. And the House right of the ought to be one hundred thirty five to zero. The Constitutionalist. No bullshit when win anything. No local, state, or federal party
1: government. They could judges. get a lot. They could get a lot done if those were if those were the numbers. Couldn't they? That's right. Lower the deficit. Uh, fix the government. All sorts of things.
4: Yep. I know so.
1: Yeah, I do too.
4: Okay. Now for today's games, the Kentucky-North Carolina-Greensboro game is a bunch bigger game than the Georgia-Alabama football game. You think so? I know, so I think more people watching our game than, than the other game.
1: Okay. <laughs> we'll see.
4: So my prediction, Kentucky, about 15 vegans.
1: All right. What do you predict in the Alabama-Georgia game?
4: I think Georgia v. Alabama.
1: You do think so?
4: Yeah, but I heard if Alabama loses, it's still in the playoffs. If they if they lose today.
1: Yeah. I don't know if Georgia's gonna win, but we'll see. be worth watching.
4: Yep. So and the women's team is undefeated this year for basketball.
1: Are they? Yep. I didn't realize that.
4: Yep. And for men's basketball count the exhibition games. Count the four exhibition games in Bahamas and the two exhibition games for this we we're, we're twelve and one.
1: Yeah, it, it, except for against Duke.
4: That's right. We won 12 games and lost one. Then we should count those other games, too, which media won't count them.
1: Yeah, the media doesn't count them. All right, John. So you okay. predict Kentucky by 15 biggins. That's right. All right. Well, I'm going to have to let you go now. Okey dokey. Appreciate it. Okey dokey. Thank you. Well, that's John Short. He doesn't like seeing the Bolsheviks being elected to the House of Representatives, (laughs) as he puts it.
2: You know, I I never thought about the word Bolshevik until he brought it up many months ago. Now he's got me saying it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a great put down. So back to this anti-Trump thing, and I, i I think it's really pure how Justice John Roberts claimed with a straight face that once aboard a federal bench, judges and justices shed any previous political or public policy biases they might have previously had. In other words, there are Obama judges and there are conservative judges, and Trump was simply calling that out, and Roberts felt like he was uh, called upon to... uh, Correct the president. Roberts' own record in his president office in indicates that his theory of the miraculous, immaculate transformation of incoming federal judges is bunk, BS, apart from his rescue of Obamacare by his spurious finding that it was a tax. See, Roberts is the reason we still have Obamacare. Could have been done away with. Equally fictitious, though, from a less prominent person, was Fox News' Chris Wallace's theory, repeated as if in auto cue in his interview with President Trump, that the label fake news demeaned every practicing journalist in Washington and unspecifically beyond Washington because of the craft of political journalism covering the U.S. federal government is indivisible. Wallace is an intelligent and fair-minded professional of great experience engaging in a public manner. Why would he put forth such an absurd proposition, escapes comprehension? In other words, of course there's fake news. There's fake news all the time. It might as well be argued that encountering a car that was a lemon meant that all cars from that manufacturer were bad or swallowing a bad oyster meant that oysters were inedible. Inel- so um, Conrad Black goes on to talk about how the um, the anti-Trump hysterics in the media just roll on and on and on And they really can't bring this guy down. That's the thing that gets them so upset, is that they don't have what it takes to punch him out. Recently also, uh, this is something that uh, bears talking about. Uh, The latest National Climate Assessment released just last week aims to plant yet another seed of climate catastrophism into the mind of the public. Predictably, its worst case scenario got huge play in the media. After all, disaster sells. But the doomsday scenarios that animated talking heads thoroughly throughout the weekend aren't just highly unlikely, they're close to impossible. For example, the reports spe- speculated that climate inaction could result as much as a 10% drop in U.S. GDP by the year 2100. Admittedly, a lot can happen in 82 years, but a 10% drop in GDP is more than twice the loss suffered during the Great Recession. How could things get so bad? Well, put garbage in and you'll get garbage out. The study, funded in part by climate warrior Tom Steyer, calculates these costs by assuming that the world will be 15 degrees Fahrenheit warmer, by the year 2100, that mind boggling assumption is even higher than the worst case scenario predicted by the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. In other words, it's completely unrealistic. But th- they've been peddling this report and the Democrats came out and said, oh, we've got to, you know, with our new. Uh, uh, House majority, we've got to demand. Climate change action. Other scary predictions in the National Climate Assessment rely on a theoretical climate trajectory known as representative concentration pathway 8.5, one of four trajectories that climatologists use to estimate the effects of different greenhouse gas concentrations. To put it plainly, RCP-8 assumes a combination of extreme factors, all bad, that are not likely to coincide. It assumes the fastest population growth, a doubling of the Earth's population to 12 billion, the lowest rate of technology development, slow GDP growth, a massive increase in world poverty, plus high energy use and emissions. This extraordinary scenario assumes a massive increase in coal consumption, completely ignoring the dramatic increase in natural gas production from the shale revolution. It also ignores technological innovations that continue to occur in nuclear and renewable technologies. When taking a more realistic view of the future of conventional fuel use and increased greenhouse gas emissions, the doomsday scenarios vanish. Climatologist Judith Curry recently wrote, Many catastrophic impacts of climate change don't really kick in at the lower concentration of CO2. And RCP-8 then becomes scareful as it's useful as a scare tactic. And that's what a lot of this stuff is. These are just scare tactics that are designed to scare people into compliance with um, overdone scenarios. The National Climate Assessment insists that climate change is already taking a heavy toll and things will only get worse. Global warming has worsened heat waves and wildfires, it claims, and we'll be seeing more hurricanes and floods also. But last year's National Climate Assessment on extreme weather tells a different story. As University of Colorado Boulder Professor Roger Pilkey pointed out in a Twitter thread in August 2017, There were no increases in drought, no increases in magnitude or frequency of floods, no trends in frequency or intensity of hurricanes, and low confidence for a detectable human climate change contribution in the western United States based on extended existing studies. It's hard to imagine if all that could be flipped in its head in a matter of a year. This year's report stresses that it was created to inform policymakers and makes no specific recommendations on how to remedy the problem. Yet the takeaway was clear. The cost of inaction is bound to dwarf the cost of any carbon reduction proposal out there. The reality, however, is that all of the currently favored proposals for combating climate change carry significant costs, and here's the even more important part. Would do nothing to mitigate warming, even if there were a looming catastrophe like the National Climate Assessment imagines. Just last month, I mean, is it still raining out there? Still raining. It's still November, and it's still uh, basically cool, just like it normally is in November. Nothing's really changed. All right, let's take a break here. This is the Tom Dupree Show. You're listening to Tom Dupree. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. April. North
0: Korea. Good happen. 2018. Trade War. Syria. Chemical weapons. Paul Ryan is retiring in jail. G- Bill Cosby. Oh, Overall prints. 2019. Barbara Bush. Happens here. Today. News Radio 630 WLAP.
1: At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859 233 and we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 and Deprefinancial.com.
0: 630 WLAP.
1: Back on the Tom Depree Show. More of the band. That's a good song.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can clearly hear the influence of Dixieland. Oh, yeah. Americana, Roots, Southern music, and that right there. Yes. And I mean, that's what they were. That's right. They were just a great cornucopia of American Roots music.
1: There you go. Golly, that's a good way of putting it. Thank you. A magnitude 7.0 earthquake rattled Alaska's largest city Friday morning, causing damage to roads and bridges, sending office workers under desks and setting off a brief tsunami warning for populated areas along the surrounding coast. There were no immediate reports of deaths or serious injuries from the quake, which the U.S. Geological Survey said struck at 8.30 a.m. about 10 miles north of Anchorage. The tsunami warning was canceled after no large waves were detected near the metropolis of 400,000 where 54% of Alaska's population lives. Widespread damage was reported to roads and bridges along with power outages and cracks in buildings. Students were sent home from many schools. Some residents heard rumblings before the quake hit after which the ground was shaken by quick jolts and a series of violent, jagged waves. During the 11-second earthquake, motorists saw street signs fall, blown transformers send sparks into the air from electric poles and streetlights swaying before going out. At Anchorage's East High School, students ducked under tables as the lights went out and ceiling tiles fell. Teacher Matt Spence commented on Facebook, When the generator kicked on, the air was filled with dust. We evacuated into the snow. The earthquake was followed by at least nine aftershocks in the next few hours. The largest, which measured 5.7, sent many Alaskans under tables and furniture for the second time. By midday, power was restored in some parts of town. Save for the damaged roads, broken water lines, and unlit traffic light, downtown Anchorage looked largely normal, albeit almost entirely empty. Just a handful of people walked in the streets. The only places that looked to be busy were the emergency operation centers whose par- parking lot was crammed with cars and a Taco Bell that happened to be open. Nearly other, every other business from banks to coffee shops to a large mall in downtown Anchorage were dark and empty. So this was a major earthquake hitting in Anchorage, Alaska uh, yesterday and uh it the likes of which now they had the biggest earthquake that's ever hit the u s back in nineteen sixty four uh it was a nine point two on the Richter scale, and that was uh that was the biggest one that, that we've ever seen in the u s and it really Destroyed a whole lot of Anchorage. Killed something like 130 people. Tore the place up. Alaska. Trying to put this thing in. Now it's not coming up. All right. Photos posted online showed a collapsed on-ramp to the road accessing Ted Stevens International Airport, which was evacuated as a precaution. Limited flight operations resumed after a few hours, said Shannon McCarthy. The Trans-Alaska Pipeline, which transports oil from the Alaska North Slope and is situated more than 100 miles away, was closed as a precaution according to the officials of the Alieska Pipeline Service Company. They said crews have been dispatched to assess the system for possible damage. Alaska Governor Bill Walker issued a disaster declaration for the Anchorage area late Friday morning. President Trump sent a tweet from the G20 summit in Buenos Aires saying to the great people of Alaska, you have been hit hard by the big one. Please follow the directions of the highly protected trained professionals who are there to help you. Your federal government will spare no expense. God bless all of you. You know, Alaska has had the most earthquakes with a magnitude 7 or higher since 1900 in the U.S. and Canada. They've had 63 earthquakes of a 7 or higher on the Richter scale. Large earthquakes are common in Alaska. The U.S. most seismically sensitive state They usually hid in remote areas, said John Bellini, a geophysicist with the U.S. Geological Survey. In 1964, a giant 9.2 trembler, the most powerful recording in American history, devastated Anchorage and surrounding cities, causing about 139 deaths. In the decades since, Alaska has adopted some of the most stringent seismic safety codes in the country, which mr bellini said probably prevented the kind of large-scale deaths and injuries that often hit cities with quakes so large casualties are caused by buildings and they do have fairly strong building codes said mr bellini so we our thoughts and prayers go with the people of alaska as they deal with the effects of this uh earthquake and um The pictures of the roads are are just unbelievable, the destruction that occurred on the roads up there. And, um, you know, it's when you start thinking about what nature can do and what it has done, um, and that has nothing to do with... uh, the weather it has everything to do with uh, what's going on down inside the earth which is not affected by global warming although Danny Glover did at one time say that he thought it was when there was an earthquake uh, he thought it was part of global warming and uh, it's not it's a a separate item altogether Um, what the earth does is what the earth does and um, it it is not a factor of global warming all right we're going to talk about the economy and about some um, things having to do with the market in the next hour philip sexton is here so stay with us and listen to the tom Dupree show it's News Radio 630 WLAP.
2: Moscow Ballet's Great Russian Nutcracker dazzles this Christmas season. Bring the whole family
0: together for the original.